it up, guys. Thanks for tuning in to yet another episode of Yo Girl from Around the Way. This is Dee Musa, and today I wanted to talk about anxiety. What it looks like, how to identify it, how to cope with it, and ways to prevent it. So let's delve in. Stay tuned. So I wanted to talk about anxiety because I feel like so many people experience it not knowing that that's what's going on. And it's important to identify it because once we're able to figure out what's going on, then it's easier to find a solution to the problem. So anxiety can look different to a lot of people, but some of the similar symptoms that can easily be identified as anxiety are sweating, rapid heart rate, unrest, uh, having a feeling of of unease, um, having fearful thoughts, nervousness, stress, worrying, obsessive thinking, and just a feeling of something terrible is about to happen. So there's this infamous quote. It says, the mind is a terrible master, but a wonderful student. And I just love this quote because it makes so much sense as to why our brains or our minds do the things that it does in certain situations. So if we don't take control of our minds, then it basically goes off of its default setting. And default settings are small patterns that the brain has picked up over the course of your life from when you were young to becoming an adult and it kind of just goes off of that you know goes off of the default setting so if you grew up in an environment that was volatile or always chaotic or there was unrest or inconsistencies where whether it was abuse or any form of it it could have been any form of abuse it could have been abuse from a parent uh, you watching parent your parents abuse each other or a verbal abuse or abuse from a sibling um, or abuse in your surroundings in your neighborhood or you've seen these things happen you learn how to cope with them um, either directly or indirectly so what the brain does is it goes into a default setting to how to cope when these type of emotions arise so with that being said the bad news is you have been subjected to years of patterns that you probably aren't aware of. But the good news is, you know that you could rely on your brain through discipline to do what it is that you tell it to do or what it is that you hardwire it to do or rewire it to do through some discipline practices. And let me tell you, discipline is not my cup of tea, okay? I consider myself as a free spirit. I like to march to the beat of my own drums. I don't like to clock in (laughs) at a certain time. I just like to do my own thing. So discipline is not my friend, but I do believe that when it comes to my health and my peace, it's necessary. So I always like to say this, and I'm sure I heard it from somewhere and it just stuck, but we can't control what happened to us when we were children. But as adults, 
we can control how we deal with those situations. I just find that a lot of adults, they'll talk about healing and they love to blame people and say, you know, my parents did this and this person did that. And when you have that attitude, it takes power away from what you're able to do right now in this moment. So what that they were like that, I mean, you know, nobody's perfect. And I'm pretty sure if you really look deep enough into that situation, you'll find why people acted the way they did. But as adults, you're no longer a child. And the problem is I find that a lot of adults like to bring that uh, that wounded blank age with them as adults. So like, let's say your biggest trauma happened when you were five, you know, despite the fact that you might be 30 something, 20 something years old, you still bring that five year old along with you because you have yet to face her or him and, you know, make peace with that. And so I I feel like when adults play victim, they give their power away and we have a responsibility to ourselves as adults to go back and face those issues and heal from it and move on and be better adults because what good are we if we're broken adults, you know? We're walking around broken um, children, pretty much, who've never really made peace with what has happened to us. So that's where these coping mechanisms come in and they really do help with how we react to anxiety. So some coping practices that I find have been really useful to me um, is meditation. Um, With meditation, you can start as as little as five minutes a day. I just find that sometimes you just got to just remind yourself that you are here. You know, you are a vessel. You breathe through whatever you're going through. Even if you take three deep breaths and just get centered, that helps you. Go, we're going about your day because I find that we wake up and we're programmed, you know, we're like a little machine. You wake up with the alarm clock, you go to work, or you take care of your responsibilities. If you're an adult, I'm sorry, if you're a parent, you know, you take care of the children, you feed them, you know, bathe them, get them prepared for school, however routine it is. But we all have something that we're doing throughout our day, regardless of what our title is. And we do them. Um, and we're so committed to those titles and to those uh, roles, but we don't center ourselves and come back within ourselves. And so I find that when you add some a little practice here and there in the morning, especially, it sets you up right throughout your day. So for instance, when I first wake up, and I don't always do this, but I find that when I do them, um, my day does look differently and I do try to make a discipline out of it. So before waking up, I don't even touch my phone. I just, um, I walk barefoot. I go to um, the restroom. I don't turn on, I don't turn the lights. I don't look in the mirror. Um, This is just me. I don't do any of that stuff because I want to keep my brain sort of like inactive, in inactive mode, like so that it's easier to program and program is only bad if you're if it's being done negatively, but you can positively program your mind as well. So say my thank yous, um, not out loud, just in my head, you know, thank you. You know, I'm walking. I don't feel any pain. I've been granted another day. So thank you for that. And then 
Um, I'll do some light meditation. I chant Nam Yoho Renge Kyo. Um, I also chant Om So Hum, which means I am that I am. Um, I use my singing bowl. That That's pretty much what wakes my mind up, not my phone or what notifications I have. <laughs> the singing bowl wakes me up. Once I do that, I light some incense. And then I take some deep breaths in. And then after that, I'll drink a bottle of water and then look at my phone. And that, I mean, those are just, it probably takes 15 minutes tops to do that, sometimes even less, but it really does set the tone for the day. I also do my affirmations too. Um, I do my affirmations and that's powerful. So I highly recommend this. So you just go down, um, you could look up affirmations on Pinterest. You could read books. You could even find pages on social media, which I don't really recommend because I find like social media, it doesn't, it makes you lose focus. Have you ever just gotten up one day and was like, okay, I'm going to go look for this on Instagram. You go on Instagram and you're caught up, you know, looking at so many other things. There's so many distractions there. So, but there are some uh, pages where they might talk about affirmations and and then in the comment section, people will share their favorite affirmations. I will actually share some of my favorite affirmations, but I find that with affirmations, when you pick the ones that have the most feeling and the ones that ring true to your heart, that's the ones that are most powerful. Because yeah, if you say certain affirmations over a course of um, over a course of month or two, three months you will start seeing things change. But when you could feel them, they do work more powerfully and more faster. So I will share some of my favorite affirmations towards the end of um, this episode. I also want to say this. I do change my affirmations because sometimes they do come to pass and you just have to update your affirmations. Also, sometimes our brain, like I said, it gets used to patterns. Sometimes you say it and you don't feel anything. So you might have to switch up some words or find some other ones that um, you can still use that are as effective, but they're really powerful. So um, to go on, <laughs> um, other things that you can do to cope with anxiety is not watching certain things. Um, if you have to turn off your phone, if you have to delete that app, you know, that makes you, because sometimes we just routinely just automatically click on the app. We don't even know we're doing it. We just consciously do it. Or like if we post to our story um, on social media, we're always going back to look at it or looking at who watched it. You know, all that is habitual. And it, it honestly, it has no, no um, energy, like no positive energy that comes towards it. It just becomes impulsive and routine. So if you can kind of like put a stop in the pattern, it's easy to reset. So turning off the phone, um, sometimes we, we can't afford to turn off our phones. You know, sometimes we, we have to keep our phones on, but we don't have to have those apps on. Even if it means deleting the app for an hour, you got to start where you can. Okay. Some, some people can't afford to turn off their apps for a day to a month, you know, but if you start slowly, start turning it off for a couple hours, that's way better than you not doing anything at all. Um, shows not watching certain movies, not watching certain shows, not watching certain videos, um, where it be on YouTube, on Netflix, wherever you watch, you give your energy to whatever you're giving your energy to. That's so important. Um, disciplining that not watching those, not 
not subscribing or following those accounts, the accounts that make you feel like where you're at is not good enough, whether, you know, it promotes materialistic things, which is what most of these accounts do, um, or it promotes a false notion, a false life of what's going on around you. Um, you know, you don't have to look at those things. I have, you know, sisters around me who are a little bit younger and, you know, I see the things that interest them. I see the things that they obsess over and I see what accounts they follow. And when we have conversations, I always tell them, hey, you don't have to follow those accounts. You know, you're the consumer. We have a lot of power as consumers. What we um, watch, what we pay attention to, what we give our interest to, um, we don't have to do that because all of it is remote controlling and it's subjecting our subconscious to these things. And it's important to know that. Just be aware of that. You know, you, I, with me, it's like I'll plant that seed and you can still follow those accounts. But as long as you know that this is what you're doing, you're, you're giving, you're investing your time into something that will not give you anything back, then I'm pretty sure in time it'll all click. Um, also, I find uh, ways to cope is to exercise, grounding, just being one within yourself. Grounding is so therapeutic. Um, whether you go outside barefoot under a tree for like five minutes, you could hug a tree. Listen, I know it sounds crazy, but I've had to do that sometimes. And, you know, do I think sometimes people are looking at me and thinking I'm crazy? Yeah. But at the end of the day, guess what? I'm walking back in the house and my vibes are all the way in check. My frequency matches that of um, homo homeostasis. You know, I'm at peace. I'm grounded. I'm not panicking. You know, my heart is not beating. I'm good. Um, calling someone. That's not always my favorite, but there's always someone you can call or you can text and just talk to um, or say, hey, you know, sometimes you don't even have to tell them what's going through um, your mind or how you're feeling. But there are just people that just bring out such positive energy. Um, my little sister is one of those people. She's just naturally funny. And um, I know that talking to her for at least five minutes, I'm gonna get a good laugh. So I might call her, but Oftentimes, I, I like to deal with things on my own. I don't want to bring that energy to other people. But you got to do what you got to do to get through it. So get moving. Some people um, are better at writing. You could write how you feel. You could um, draw. You could take a hot shower. You could drink some tea. Um, just unplug and disconnect from your normal routine and then see how that works. So pretty much that's how I cope with anxiety. And I hope that some of these some of these advice helped you guys. And I would like to hear what you guys do as well. You know, maybe I can learn from you guys. But this is what has been working for me as of lately. Um, in the next segment, I am going to talk about my favorite affirmations. So stay tuned. Something I forgot to add in my other segment is the importance of exercising. Even if you're not doing anything major, first of all, let's just put it, let me just put it out there. Any form of exercise is exercise. I remember back in the days, um, people would tell you, oh, if you aren't working out for at least an hour, or if you're not warming up for at least 
15 minutes or the first 15 minutes is not considered working out. It's really warm up. First of all, I don't care if you're out there for five minutes. If you got your body moving for five minutes and you got your heart rate up, that is something. It's better than nothing. So I'm going to put that out there. Secondly, do it for yourself. Don't do it for anybody else. You know, don't do it for the results. Don't do it to post on social media. You will never find a video of me working out. I mean, not as of now. You won't because I find that this is a personal this is a personal goal for me. And I don't know what my body's going to do while I'm working out. So I don't want to set myself up and put it on social media and then feel pressured to show results. That's just not me. You got to do what works for yourself. But I find that exercising works miracles. For one, you feel good naturally. And two, you do release these feel-good hormones called endorphins. And it's just like the feeling you get when you get a reward. It's the same feeling that gets released the same hormones that get released when you work out. And I can attest to this because I remember um, I was on a streak. As of April 1st, I was on a streak, like just working out every day. But every time um, I, that's how the month comes around, I'm down for a week because I get really bad cramps and I can't do anything. But then I get down because I'm like, wow, like I was on a streak and now you know, I'm having to start over again. So this month I was just like, okay, I don't care what I have to do. I'm not going to stop cold turkey for a whole entire week because I feel like I'm setting myself backwards. And so this week or this month, I um, still went in and did light workout because you don't have to do the same things. I I, I like to lift weights, but I also do um, cardio, 30 minutes of cardio to warm up. So Rather than do my regular, normal exercise routine, I just did light cardio. And despite the fact that it wasn't the same, I was so happy that I didn't stop working out for a whole a whole week, you know, and I don't feel like it was a setback. And although I can't physically see results in my body, I know that the fact that I'm putting myself out there and I'm working out every day or working out the days that I, you know, that I say I'm going to do it, um, that eventually the results will come. So just that whole little process of feeling good. Um, I've even caught myself buying clothing for the summer that is the goal weight or the the size that I want to be. And I do it with so much confidence knowing that I know I'm going to get there. And I know that because I'm doing the work right now. So just that whole feeling, the whole little process that you go through when you're working out, um, the feeling good and um, acting as though you're there already um, as far as your uh, your goal weight goes, or just you knowing that you accomplished something you said you're going to accomplish. All those are really great feeling. It's great energy that you want to have. So that's another thing that really does help me with anxiety and and stress. As promised, here are some of my favorite affirmations. I try to repeat these daily, three times a day in the morning. And if you are not hip to affirmations, you have to tap in to affirmations. Trust me, it might sound crazy when you first start saying it, but 
the immediate reward you get from affirmations is your the way you feel. You feel good instantly. And I think my next episode will be on the benefits of meditation. But for now, I'm going to share my favorite affirmations. So here they are. I am at peace. Life is simple and easy. I love myself. I love everything about my body. Wealth and abundance is my birthright. Every day and every way, I am getting better and better. So in closing, I would like to say this. If you catch yourself today thinking obsessively about something that you cannot change or about something that might happen in the future and it's giving you unrest, even if it's something about the past that you can't change, just stop for a moment and just ask yourself this or affirm this. Who I was then is not who I am now. And in this moment, I am the best version of myself. Another thing I would also say to myself is, I got this. I got this. And I just would repeat it over and over again. I got this. Because you really do got this. Nobody can do it for you. Only you can do it for yourself. And we got this. Thank you for listening. And until next time, I hope you have a wonderful day. Bye.